Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and we have an amazing guest today. Katie Allen is a mastery level certified self-love and wellness coach. She primarily works with women entrepreneurs to help them learn to feel great in their bodies and overcome a poor body image so that they can confidently step up as leaders, get visible on video and in photos, and finally feel amazing in their body. She knows that as a leader, when you elevate your energy to that that of self-love, you become utterly magnetic to your audience. Katie also loves to travel and currently splits her time between her home country of Canada and her adopted country of Australia. She believes the world would be a better place if more of us practice mindfulness, connected to mother nature each day, and is passionate about body positivity and whole person wellness based on love and compassion. Welcome, Katie Allen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you both today. Thanks so much for joining us, Katie. We're so excited to talk to you about all things self-love and body image. I know we're going to have a really great conversation with you today. And I'm curious, as you were growing up, if there's been a part of your body that has been easy to love. The part of my body that I found the easiest to love, honestly, was my face, my eyes specifically, because as a child, I was all, that was the one thing that people commented on. I have blue eyes that come from a family. We, we all have blue eyes and everybody was always like, oh, wow, you have such beautiful eyes. You know, you look like your mom or you look like whoever. So growing up, that was like the one, the one thing that I was like, I have nice eyes. I have nice, even when everything else was terrible in my mind when I was, you know, in, in the depths of it, I was like, no, I have good eyes. I'm good. Good. I'm good. Yeah. And, uh, ironically, maybe not ironically, I think we, I think we create these things, but when I was in a relationship, uh, in my twenties, um, he used to say, he used to say, you haven't, you, you have a nice face. Don't worry. We can, we can handle the rest. So that's like a whole, that's a whole complicated thing, but played into my idea that I had nice eyes, right. Played, played into that belief that I already had. So uh, yeah, my eyes are in. Yeah. I, are you willing to dive a little deeper on that? Um, that X with us? Like what was that about? I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Well, that was, that was Katie in her early twenties with, no self-esteem, right? And and no standards and not knowing what I deserved. And he would, listen, he was a wonderful person in so many ways. He was, you know, my first love, the first person I ever lived with. Um, but he had some, he had some standards that women were, you know, quote unquote, supposed to look like. Um, and though he never outwardly criticized there was a lot of that kind of thing a lot of like a compliment with a with a sly sort of remark underneath and it wasn't in the in the moment I didn't realize uh that it wasn't just a compliment in the moment I heard the compliment uh and it was only in hindsight looking back that I kind of went hold on (laughs) hold on how did I miss that for you know so many we were together for over four years how did I miss that for so long but I did when I was in it. I didn't see it for what it was. Yeah. You know what I love that you say about that is a recognition of uh, some way that you brought that belief to manifest in a way uh, where, where you, 
you had that belief that um, the, the best thing about you was your eyes. And so you, you attracted a partner who kind of affirmed that in a way. Uh, and I hear you saying that eventually you started to recognize that it was that it was not okay, that there were these sly, underhanded uh, comments that are being made. What, what, what was going on for you when you started to notice that or like how... Like, well, yeah, because I mean, I imagine that there was some change or shift in consciousness for you to notice that. So what was that for you? I only really noticed it once the relationship was over, to be honest. And the, and the relationship ended for different reasons. I was, uh, I started traveling, right? I went backpacking by myself for, for three months uh, from Canada to Australia. That's where the whole like international living thing began for me. And uh, funny enough, I'm coming to you from London tonight. So we're just going to add a third country into the mix. Um, but it was, it was sort of, I was 27 and I took this solo backpacking trip, which is really what I, what I recognize as the beginning of my personal self-love journey. There was lots of little things that happened, but that was like the, the big event, I would say that really like kicked it into overdrive. Anybody who has traveled or made big life changes knows that, uh, that, that tends to happen, right? It's like a lot of energy moving and a lot of things change in the process. Um, and that's when I really realized that this one relationship I was in maybe wasn't great. And maybe there was other people out there and other ways of doing things. And it, 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 it was, it was after, you know, after we had broken up and after I was living in Australia and moved on and started reflecting and started talking about this. And, and by that point I was, I was, um, learning how to be a coach and I was doing a lot more personal development work. And then looking back, that's when I started seeing it, but it took quite some time. Yeah. Like at months, months, if not over a year before I actually started seeing it. What I love about that is, um, one, the language that you're using to describe the timeline that you were on is very gentle and loving. Um, there's, I don't hear any disappointment or judgment around the fact that it took time. And the truth is that for some people, it could take even much longer than that. Right, Katie? I mean, yeah. you, I'm sure in your work, you've seen people realize like a decade later after being out of a relationship that the interactions they had with the person weren't supportive and loving. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like every single one of us, we are all on our own timelines and this, and, and I know, you know, I've spoken to each of you individually about this, but, and I'm sure that, you know, this is something that you come across too, but this journey of self-love, this journey of body positivity, it, there, it, yes, there's events along the way, but there is no one thing and then it's done, right? Like it, it, it is a lifetime journey. It is an ongoing evolution of your relationship with yourself. And yeah, when we, when we start to put timelines on things or when we start to limit ourselves or when we start to say, you know, this is good and this is bad, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, in my opinion. Like you're missing the point if, if you're starting to label your journey as that. And, and so it's like another level deeper into look at your words, look at, look at how you're, look at how you're seeing these things. And it changes everything when you change your language. Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is that even on the self-love journey, we need to exhibit some self-love in the amount of time that it may take us or in the missteps we may make or the misconceptions we may have and really looking at it as a full-fledged journey. 
um, and giving ourselves the grace, knowing that along the way there are going to be continual opportunities to level up in our self-love and to notice where there's more space for that. I love that. Yeah. 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 Has there been a part of your body that's been more challenging to love? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, My stomach for me, I have a body type where um, I tend to hold most of my weight around my midsection. I always have ever since I was a little kid. And that has always it is it is still the part that today I I still have days where where I struggle um, with it. But definitely my stomach, you know, there's there's this societal expectation that women are supposed to have flat stomachs and be toned and have this like hourglass figure. And I definitely don't have any of those things, you know? And um, yeah, so so my my stomach, without a doubt, is the hard bit for me. Yeah. And we, we actually hear that a lot on our podcast when we um, ask this question and what I would love from you, since you're an expert in this field, like, why do you think that's such a common place for people to feel body um, dislike or body dysmorphia or any of those things that come up around that area? I think for me, how I see it is it, it is a very, um, it's just focused on in the media a lot, right? Like it is, it's just, it's sort of highlighted, like, like, yes, we have, like, I have the, the dangly bit under my arms, like so many women do, but that's not often highlighted when you see like a model, like think of like a lingerie model or something. They're not often posed in a way where you can like see perfectly toned arms, but they are always posed in a way where you can see their stomach. They're always posed in a way where you can see, you know, flat stomach, no fat They're the, Like it's just seems to be the focus. And I, I think, um, especially early in the two thousands, which would have been, uh, you know, when I was a teen teenager, was I a teenager then? Yeah. Um, you know, there was about a decade there where that like the low rise jeans was the thing, right. And everybody, everybody, like I'm, I'm thinking of like a few, you know, like certain pop stars that were like low rise jeans, like way down their hips and like tiny, tiny little crop tops. And that's what we saw. And especially as, as women, as girls at a very tender time in our lives, I feel like that image was like, seared into my brain. And I think I'm probably not, not alone in that. I I have to be honest that I was one of those people during that time that, you know, I have a, butt. I actually like a, and it's a bubble, butt. it's a big, butt, which I love, I'm not, that's not a judgment. Um, and there was no way I could wear low rise jeans without like literally exposing my butt every time I sit down. (laughs) And so I did do that for a while, you know, like, I think there was a whole year of high school where every single day my underwear would show because I was wearing low rise jeans. And, um, and I look back and I think to myself, like, what if I had just chosen to wear jeans that actually fit my body? You know, like, would that have been a different experience? Would that have been more comfortable? Um, you know, I don't know. It's interesting though. Yeah, but it is interesting. And I would love to know why you at that time, like, why did you choose to wear those jeans? Was it just because that's what everybody else was doing? And like, that's what you expected or. 
Well, one, it was very hard to find jeans that weren't low rise jeans. Yeah. Um, unless they were, you know, in the adult section of, um, of the clothing aisle. And what I mean by adult section is like incredibly conservative clothing, um, which of course is now very much in style, you know, like mom jeans are like the style now, but that was like, it was either low rise jeans or mom jeans. There was like nothing in between. And, um, and so, yeah, there was a lack of options. And then, I was going shopping with all my friends who didn't have the same body type as me. You know, I've in most of my circles growing up until I moved to Hawaii, I was the tallest person. I was the biggest person in my social group. And so we would all go shopping together and they would fit them perfectly. So I wanted to do this, like be doing the same things and having that connection moment with my friends. Um, And it didn't work out for me positively. It's a good experience though. I said, well, not, maybe not a good experience, maybe a learning experience, right. And something that you can look back on now and gain a lot of insight into. Yeah. I mean, those low rise jeans, (laughs) they were definitely a look and um, something that like, as I, as I hear, see people kind of recycling trends, right. I'm like, when, well, when is that going to come back? And how does that play in, in the current, in the current atmosphere of body positivity, because I feel like there's so much more that people are talking about uh, when it comes to their bodies and body acceptance. And I don't think that we're in the same mental headspace collectively that we were back in the 90s and the 2000s. So I'm curious as that trend, if it comes back in whatever way that it may, uh, how that kind of looks and how that gets received. Because I think, especially with the low rise jeans, it it was this focus on not just like a flat stomach, but like one that was flat enough that you could still have a flat stomach in low rise jeans, right? Cause it's, that's, that's another level of, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a flat stomach when you're wearing like a high rise jean, it's another for your full stomach to be exposed in that way. Uh, so I'm curious how that trend will come back. If it comes back, how it's kind of perceived, uh, by the next generation. Cause yeah, I, I remember those, those jeans and like, really, what were we thinking? Like, <laughs> uncomfortable right like you're basically you're asking to flash everybody is my opinion (laughs) yeah definitely i i was i'm pretty sure i had both low-rise jeans and mom jeans and like swapped between them i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i I did a little bit of both it was it was not a good time for jeans And, and I, you know, I'm always going to be, um, trying to look at the other side of things. Cause that's just naturally who I am. And I do have a friend now it's only one friend out of all the friends I have, but she finds it so hard now to find jeans that fit her because she's a very petite person. She's just barely five foot tall. She has a very petite torso. Um, and she has a belly button ring. And so if she wears high rise jeans or mom jeans or the jeans that are in fashion right now, it's actually painful for her because it rubs on her belly button piercing. Um, like every time she sits down and all that sort of thing. And so she is now like on a quest to find low rise jeans and is like hoarding her low rise jeans because they're the only ones that fit her. So there are those people that they work for. I just don't think they work for a large 
population of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the fact that, you know, somebody like that is just further proof that like, there are all body types, right? All bodies exist, right? Like every single shape and size and proportion that you can think of. And there is a place for low rise jeans. They may just not be on my body type, (laughs) right? Like there's a place for all bodies and there's a place for all clothing trends as well. I think. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. So, you know, we all, um, have those challenging moments and you've talked about an area of your body that you've felt challenged by, um, where we don't feel connected to our body in those times, but then we want to reconnect with our bodies. So how do you go through the process of reconnecting with your body after you felt disconnected? So it may not be your typical answer, uh, I get naked. <laughs> um, and this all started, I need to tell you the, the backstory behind this, but this was uh, years ago. Again, I was living in Australia. I had broken up with the aforementioned boyfriend and um, I was living where it was really hot, like up in the tropics. And it was the summer, well, summer there. It was like February, which is summer there. And I was, I have a, I have a daily yoga practice. I've been practicing for a long time and I would practice in my bedroom every day, but, uh, it was so hot that it was like, you know, if clothing touches your skin, like it is just disgusting. Like you don't want anything on you. So I would go into the bedroom, which was the only room with air conditioning, close the door, close the curtains, roll out my yoga mat and get naked and do yoga. Cause it was the only place I could feel free, but we had like a whole wall of, um, floor to ceiling mirrors in the bedroom. And I was like, just not going to look at myself. I'm going to look the other way. I just, I don't want to see it. Like, and every time I did see it, there was like all, all the judgments, everything that you can imagine, right. The, oh my God, you're disgusting. You're fat. Look at your roles. Who's ever going to want you? Like, like all, all of the, you know, all, all the things, all, all the things. Um, but over time, progressively, slowly, gently, I started being able to look in the mirror and it was usually like a, like a side glance, like not on purpose. Like I'd accidentally catch myself. Uh, and I started seeing my strength and I started seeing what my body was doing and that it wasn't just how it looked, but it was like, what was I doing? Um, and it completely changed it. And that practice was a significant part of my journey to feeling comfortable in my skin. So now when I have times where I feel disconnected, where I have times where I'm just having a few bad body image days in a row, and it's just really hard and I'm just being hard on myself. um, I find that when I take my clothes off and I stand in front of the mirror and I just look at myself, for me, that is a way for me to reconnect. And that is though it's opposite to maybe what a lot of other people would feel, it's actually one way that I really easily can tap back into love for the body that I've, I'm privileged to live in. Yeah. I mean, to me, it also sounds like a way to, that really connects you back to that moment where self-love also really started to show up for it for you in a different way. Um, but I, I'm totally about that. I, <laughs> I actually just made a reel or like a TikTok um, to that like sound like I, I'd be doing weird things when I'm alone. Because uh, yeah. for me, when I'm alone, if I have my way, I'm naked. If I have a day where I do not have to wear clothes, that is like my dream day. And now that I'm saying that, I'm like, really, should I have said that <laughs> kind of thing? But like, that's that is me feeling most comfortable. So I love that um, that being naked, being in your body, is part of your self love practice. Yeah. 
You know, and we had another guest come on at one time and said that she stands in front of the mirror naked and tells her body that she loves her body and like really looks at herself naked. And so I know that there's this whole taboo around nakedness, which and sexualization around nakedness, which I don't think is needs to be real. I mean, it is real in our society, but it's a societal construct from my point of view. It's not um, the way that we were born into this world believing. Um, And so I, you know, I celebrate nakedness too. If I didn't have construction going on in my house for the last three months, I would have been naked a lot more as well. So, um, and I'm looking forward to when that ends to get naked again. Um, So if we could, you know, be naked with our bodies and um, not have it feel bad, wrong, or taboo, um, not feel, have it feel sexualized either, um, and just be present with where we are in our, in our physical bodies in its natural form and accepting of that. I mean, that is so freaking powerful, right? Katie Allen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can you imagine if every single person in the world, if the conversation between the three of us, if this was expanded and if there were so many other people, I love being naked. It's not, it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. I feel so comfortable. I feel so connected. If this became the norm instead of like what we said, we're like, maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation. Maybe we shouldn't be saying this because it is still like a taboo thing. But imagine if it wasn't like, I think that the the conversation that, you know, you guys have on this podcast all the time, body positivity, the conversation that I have on my podcast about self-love, they would be very different conversations if that was normal. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that it starts the dismantling of this social construct and these beliefs start with more people choosing to feel comfortable in their body and also sharing that practice. So I think us all stepping into talking about feeling comfortable in our bodies naked, if all of us felt more comfortable in that way, we would also all feel more comfortable in our clothes. Yes. If we could feel, you know, and so I think that that's something that's, that's really profound and beautiful. So I'm curious, Katie, when, um, when you find yourself disconnecting from your body outside of um, outside of your practice where you'll you'll get naked, what's another way that um, you'll reconnect to your body when you find that those negative patterns come back? Um, I mean, there's a few ways that are just sort of part of my daily, right? And they're they're things that you would probably expect, right? Moving your body. Whether it's getting outside, going for a walk, whether it's doing yoga, I still I still practice yoga. It's still it is one of it is one of the loves of my life. But moving my body, um, reconnecting to what it can do, not just what it looks like. Um, sometimes it is honestly, I'm genuinely so blessed to be surrounded by you know people who are doing amazing things, such as you guys, where. It's like, I feel like I have a community now. I have resources. I have a network. So it might be listening to podcasts. It might be, um, you know, reading other people's books or blog posts or like other people who are doing this work. Um, 
another thing, and this is something that I recommend to people to do a lot, and it is still something that I do for myself from time to time is gratitude. And, you know, you can talk about gratitude in a million different ways, but I, um, I like to practice it specifically about my body. What am I grateful for about my body? And sometimes it is like, I'm grateful that I have strong fingernails. I don't know. Like it doesn't always have to be a profound thing, but sometimes it's, I'm grateful that my heart is beating and it has been beating since, you know, before I came out of the womb, I'm grateful that my brain is firing and there's like this, and all this amazing stuff happening inside of my body. And that gratitude practice also helps me reconnect to my body as not an ornament. I'm not something to look at. This is a beautiful, like living vessel that I get to live in. Yeah. I hear you um, tapping into your body's knowingness and functionality and remembering that it's more than, like you said, an ornament. Because sometimes, especially as women, we grow up in a, we've grown up in a society where our bodies are treated like ornaments or um some form of commodity and the more that we can really remember the divinity in ourselves like like i even think about the idea of like giving birth like you and i have no idea how to make a baby you know what i mean like we couldn't physically be like let me construct this thing inside my wombs you know like all that kind of stuff and i think that that's really cool that our body has this knowingness you know your body knows how to create strong fingernails your body knows how um your, your brain knows how to fire. You don't need to tell it what to do. I, and I think remembering how magical our bodies are in that way. Um, I really love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's and like, it, it's sorry. I just want to say it's a, it's a simple thing to like, it, it, it's can be challenging together, but once you're there, it's like little remembrances. Like it doesn't have to be a huge grand thing, but those little remembrances over time create the big thing. And, and I'm curious, and I'm sure that a lot of what you said already has to go into this, but um, I would love to know from you, what is your definition of self-love? It's so hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to like pinpoint it, you know? Um, but my definition of self-love. So first off, it's a relationship with yourself, but self-love cannot be seen. It's not something that somebody else can witness. It is, when I think about, I almost have to like close my eyes and go within because it is an inner thing. When I think about loving myself, it is me believing in myself wholeheartedly. It is me backing myself in every decision, trusting myself, being my own friend, being my own cheerleader, knowing that I'm going to fall and I'm going to mess up and that that's okay. And that I get to be my own rock. I get to be my own safe place to fall. Uh, It's all of those it's all of those things and it is ongoing and it is changing every moment of every day. And it's like the, it sounds super cheesy, but I'm going to say it. It's like the ultimate love story because, you know, our, our relationship with ourselves is the longest one we're ever going to have. It's longer than with a spouse or a sibling or a parent or a child. It's like from, you know, the moment you're born till the moment you die, you are with you. And that's it. And so self-love is like the ultimate celebration of that, I think. Yes. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I love that. Um, I think that that's going to be one of the the quotes that we pull um, <laughs> to promote your podcast. Um, how powerful. That was amazing. So, you know, I would love to know from you, and, and we talked about this a little bit already, but what is it that you do? How do people contact you? Um, you're making such an impact on this world, and you're so inspiring to both uh, Diana and I. Um, tell our listeners all about it. Okay. So I, I am a coach. I am trained as I have like four different certifications in coaching. I started and then I just couldn't stop. Um, but I coach, um, mostly women, some men, um, around self-love and body image. And that 90% of the time that falls into entrepreneurs. So people who are, have their own online business are building something and are hating what they see in the mirror are feeling really self-conscious. And, you know, if you have an online business, part of that is being the face of your business, especially if you're service-based, you, you know, you have to be part of your marketing. People want to know who you are. Nobody gone are the days where we could just pull stock photos and just pretend. Um, so I really help people learn to feel great about who they are, feel great about the body that they've got so that they can confidently be the face of their business, market themselves, and ultimately create the business that they want. Um, this of course looks like a million different things because every single person is unique uh, at the moment. It's all one-on-one work. Everything that I do is, is one-on-one, which means it's fully customized. Sometimes it's a bit more health and wellness stuff. Sometimes it's a bit more business stuff. Uh, sometimes it's like all mindset. It's always unique. Um, and then this year, later this year, I have plans to create a group program finally for the first time. I'm really excited about it, but it is still in its baby stages. It hasn't, it hasn't gone out into the world yet. So yeah. Um, and if you want to reach me, uh, the easiest place to do that is my website. It is katieallen.co. That's my home base. From there, you can find me on social media. You can find my offers. You can find my email, all of that stuff. So that is the, 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 the main hub to go to. Thank you so much. And um, they should definitely, everyone should connect with Katie Allen. And um, I am always introducing people to her because I just think she's so amazing. And, um, and your podcast is, is just fabulous. And so if you're enjoying this podcast um, and this conversation and the body positivity podcast in general, um, go check out self-love ignited because you're going to get more of the same amazing stuff. Um, But with a little different twist, which is always good. So I would love to know from you, Katie, um, what societal norms do you feel like you subscribe to, or you don't subscribe to? That's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. What societal norms do I subscribe to or not subscribe to? (sighs) Hmm. Uh, Do I not subscribe to? Uh, I don't currently have a home. I've now been homeless on three continents. that's not by choice. I had a, I had a, I had a rough year last year with a breakup and, and losing somebody. And, um, 
But, you know, instead of just rushing in and, and getting a place and just trying to like set down roots, which is like what our society says, right? Like just, just have a home and just do that and just do the thing. I kind of went, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of time. So I, you know, I rented a room from a friend. I've been staying with family. Now I'm staying with, with a cousin in the UK. So that's definitely something I don't subscribe to though. I would like to have a home base again. I don't currently, um, what else do you want to subscribe to? I don't know. This question's got me stumped. Well, I mean, I don't diet. I don't do that. And that's what we're told that we're supposed to do. Uh, I don't go to the gym, mostly just because I very much dislike the gym. I love moving my body. Do not like the gym. It's not a good experience. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. Well, one of the things that I can notice off the bat is you look incredibly beautiful today. And I know that our listeners can't see you, but if they um, join our group on the body positivity um, group on Facebook, they'll be able to see you and you look, you know, beautiful and radiant, but I have to guess that you do not subscribe to the societal norm of wearing a lot of makeup. Oh, that is true. That is true. Yes. I, uh, the only makeup that I own is mascara, which I am wearing today, uh, and clear lip gloss right here, clear lip gloss. That's it. Um, I used to, for years, I wore makeup and dyed my hair and did the thing, the things that we are supposed to do, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do. Uh, but yeah, haven't dyed my hair in over a decade. Um, wear mascara a couple of days a week. Maybe if I remember, that's about it. I like that. Yeah. I, I find that the simplicity, I, I don't know. I found that COVID also made it a lot easier for me to just say, yep, I'm a hundred percent not wearing makeup anymore. Um, and I'll wear it if I feel like it, but most times I feel most comfortable without. So I love that you shared that. I think it's, um, it's something that I'm see. I'm actually seeing, I think maybe more people who are moving away from makeup. Have you noticed that yourself? I've definitely noticed that there's people moving away from it or people using it more of as like a fun every once in a while thing rather than a, I absolutely must have this. I won't go out of the house without it. And on that note, I, I would say, I don't think there's anything wrong with using it as fun. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, it, it's like a really fun way to um, express yourself, but it's more that dependence or when you're, you're, you feel like you're not worthy of being seen or not capable of being in the world without it. I feel like that's, that's where the, the problem comes in. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I agree. And um, I love that you know, you're showing up naturally as you are, you know, um, without dyeing your hair and all of those things. And you're also saying, Hey, if it's fun for you, I celebrate you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and isn't that the beauty of, um, being a human and getting to celebrate body positivity is that we all get free choice. Yeah. I mean, like I, I wouldn't dream of telling somebody else what shirt they could wear. You know, you can't wear a pink shirt because you can't like, I, I, I don't think it's almost crazy when we think about the fact that, you know, it's like, we think that people shouldn't have free choice around makeup or like, you have to do it. Like, it's not okay for you to go down to the world without it. And like, just the more we embrace also, I think on this note, I think that the more we embrace ourselves, the more we can feel comfortable in our own skin, um, in our bodies, in our faces, I think the easier it is for us to just be good with everybody else. And when you're not judging yourself, you don't judge other people. 
when you don't judge other people, you don't think that they're judging you. And it's like this beautiful feedback loop where there's just a lot of allowing, a lot of acceptance. And it's just a much, honestly, it's, it, it's a much more peaceful, easy way to be with people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that it does come a lot uh, from that stemming of where we ourselves are not accepting of ourselves. Uh, and with that in mind, I feel like we here in the work that we do have definitely been on the journey. And I just want to share that recently I realized that there were ways that I was judging myself and judging all the people in my life and in ways that I wasn't aware of before. And I just want to share that because I think it's important for us to know that on the journey that we are going to have those discoveries, kind of like what Katie was sharing earlier, where we think that we're in a certain place and then all of a sudden we realize that there's another level, um, that there is a place where we are not fully loving ourselves or that there's space for us to expand into loving ourselves more. Um, and so as I discovered that, for me it was around um, my dislike of other people's tendency to judge, but that is a judgment in and of itself. And so I was noticing, okay, where am I judging? Uh, where am I judging other people for judging? Because that is a judgment. Where does that come from? How can I accept this within myself? Um, so yeah, so it is a journey and it's not something for us to do perfectly. It's something for us to show up in um, authentically, I think. Yeah, and, and on that note too, I would say, you know, it's, it's a, it, there's an acceptance piece of that. Like, you know, where you just shared that you realized that you were judging and that you were judging people for judging and that it's like this whole internal thing. And I think on the sort of on the self-love note, one thing that I really encourage people to do is how can you love yourself for judging those people? Can you find love for yourself? Not just like brush it off. Cause I think it's really easy for us to society, you know, again, we're, we're trained to do this by society, but like, just push it down. Just like, we're not going to do that anymore. I'm going to stop judging. But all that does, that's all still inside. And we're just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. Whereas if we can go, I've been judging people. Wow. Isn't it interesting? I have been judging people and can I love myself for being human and that it's okay that I've been judging people as I work to do better, right? There's a, there's a lot that can happen with that. Yeah, like I was, um, I was looking into this is, you know, this is also an ability to be discerning. This is also an ability to, uh, to see distinctions and looking for other ways to look at uh, the judgment with a different lens. Because like you said, it is a part of me. So how do I embrace and love this part of me and see it? Because in doing so, I can then flow that love to other people. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because it does, it does stem and radiate from what we're experiencing inside. So I love that you shared that. And I'm curious, Katie, do you have a final, a final thought that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I think if there's anything else, it would just be, you have a relationship with yourself and you have a relationship with your body, whether you like it or not, you don't have a choice in this. This, the, it, it, it exists. And if you are in a space where you can recognize right now that that relationship is maybe unhealthy, maybe there is a lot of judgment, there's a lot of criticism, there's a lot of, maybe there's some shame. If you're in that place, I would say that you've got nothing to lose. You are going to be with yourself for a long time, hopefully. 
and your relationship with yourself is going to keep evolving. And if you so choose, you get to choose to make that evolution, make that relationship beautiful and loving and supportive. And it is going to do nothing but add so much goodness to your life. There is no downside to loving yourself. There's no downside to loving your body. And even though we have these little mindset gremlins that say, oh, but but, but what if that's totally normal? It's part of the journey. But um, all in all, looking back, I can say that there is no bad side to this. So if you, if, if you are in this place where maybe you feel like you are on the cusp, you feel like you want to embark on this, you feel like you want to feel more love, more acceptance for yourself, do it, do it, just do it. Yes. Thank you so much, Katie Allen, for being here with us today. Um, it was such a joy and a pleasure to hear your words of expertise and your wisdom. Um, and I, I just invite all of our listeners to make that connection with Katie Allen. Really check out what she has to offer. Um, she is changing lives and she's doing it by supporting others and telling their story. And, and she's telling her story, too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. I have been privileged to interview both of you on my podcast. And I love that now I get to be on the, on the other end and it has been fun. Honestly, it's great. Thank you. Yes, Katie, thank you so much for the honest, authentic conversations you bring into the world. Uh, the grace with which you speak about the times where we can be less loving to ourselves and have the opportunity to really look at it as a journey of transformation where we we just get to learn how to love ourselves more and like you said there's there really is no downside to to more self-love so i love that thank you again katie for your time today and thank you for listening to the body positivity podcast for body love inclusivity and respect for self and others until next time bye